Merrimack Bakehouse has started a newsletter. To subscribe, just go to merrimackpodcast.com and enter your email address. You will receive one newsletter a week about news from Standing Chimney, Merrimack Bakehouse, and every other week, an exclusive recipe from this podcast. That's merrimackpodcast.com. Hello, and welcome to In the Kitchen with Mary Mack. Today, we're in our brand new podcast studio doing our first podcast, and it's fantastic. We have these really comfy chairs and curtains and bright lights and microphones on stand. And it's really cool. And Anna set all this up and she's fantastic. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Oh, so it's becoming cooler and cooler here in uh, North America and Western Pennsylvania. And our minds are turning towards soup. So today's podcast, we're going to give you our classic chicken gumbo recipe. This is pretty simple. The last gumbo that we did on the podcast was last year and it was a smoked turkey gumbo which was rather complicated and took a long time. This is pretty simple. Comes together in about an hour. Also is one of those uh, recipes that I love that uses or can use leftover chicken in it. So here we go with the recipe. First of course we're going to start with our roux which for this recipe is a half cup of canola or vegetable oil and a half cup of flour. Now we want to start this off in a pretty big Dutch oven or pot. So if you have about a five quart Dutch oven, that's a nice size to have. So if you have a five quart Dutch oven or so, use that. If not, use a larger stock pot, which would be able to hold the volume of gumbo you're going to make. Now, this doesn't make a giant amount of gumbo, but there's a lot of stirring and adding and, you know, that sort of thing. So you're going to want a big pot. Okay, you're going to put your oil in your pan first, turn the heat of your burner up to medium or just below medium, and then whisk in the flour with a nice-sized metal whisk. And... Remember, if you remember from before when we made a roux like this, you're going to just be constantly stirring and cooking this flour until it turns like a nice golden brown. I'll have pictures on my Facebook page of step-by-step of what things are going to look like. And that takes, I don't know, some recipes say, oh, this should take five to seven minutes. No, it's going to take like 15 minutes. And you just you don't want it to be cooking high. You might need to turn it down if it looks like it's cooking too fast. But you just want to get it to where it's a nice golden brown where you develop some flavor with your flour and uh, nice and thick. Once you get it to that stage where it's, it's sort of, um, I'm trying to think of what color it would be, maybe like the color of wheat or something like that. Once you get to that stage and it looks nice and thick, you're going to add one chopped bell pepper that is red, one chopped bell pepper that is green, one large onion chopped, and two ribs of celery chopped. Now, in my picture, um, my peppers were kind of like big pieces, but I used frozen peppers in mine that I had cut up into about half-inch squares, and they work just fine. If you want to dice these a little finer, that's fine, or you can leave them a little bigger. Remember, the holy trinity for Creole cooking is the 
bell pepper, the onion, and the celery minced fine and put into your roux. But you can have them a little bit bigger, and it kind of looks prettier and, I don't know, maybe a little heartier. So however you want to do it is fine, but that's what you need. A red bell pepper, a green bell pepper, a large onion, and three ribs of celery diced. And you're going to add that into your roux, and you're going to cook that in your roux until they just start to soften, probably about, oh, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes. Stir them around with a wooden spoon and keep them going. Don't let your roux burn while you're doing this. You may need to turn your heat down. So you want to keep an eye on it pretty close. Now you're going to add four garlic cloves that have been minced pretty fine, or you can use the uh, jarred pre-minced garlic, and you would need two teaspoons of that. Once you get that stirred in, and again, you know, let it cook a little bit in there, then you're going to add four cups of chicken broth. When you add your chicken broth, what you want to do is bring everything up to temperature again. So let that simmer a little bit until it's all kind of nice and steamy, bubbly, you know, so it looks like a thickened broth in there. Once you get it to that point, you're going to add a half teaspoon of salt, a fourth teaspoon of pepper, one can of okra, 15 ounces that has been drained, or you can use a 10 ounce bag of frozen. I like canned okra better than frozen. I don't know. I can't really tell you why, but I I like it better. And then you're going to add eight ounces of, okay, this is my pronunciation problem here. Reading this word, I always think it should be pronounced sort of like the French way, like andouille or andouille. Andouille? Yeah. Sausage? Yeah. Is that how you say it? I think it's andouille. That's Let me what look I it think. up. But sometimes I say it in my brain, andouille. <laughs> I don't think. I have heard you multiple times say andouille. I don't know and why I get I confused say that. every single time. I don't know. I think I have a brain override that, that uh, changes the pronunciation of the word. It Pittsburgh's it. <laughs> well, I think. Andouille sausage is probably pronounced andouille in French, but it has been, well, creole. It hasn't been Pittsburghed. Kind of like how we say kibasi and it's kielbasa. Yeah. It's, I think it is probably in I should have looked whatever this up. the French version is. I should have looked this up, but I, I call it just like in my silliness sometimes. Let's, I'll call it let's see andouille, here. and I don't think that's how you say it. But anyway, hang on. Okay, so we checked the pronunciation, and it is, in fact, andouille. Uh, I don't know why I pronounce it andouille, but I pronounce a lot of things wrong, so that's just The famous chipotle incident. (laughs) Famous chipotle incident. What's the other one I can't say? You always say puree. Puree. (laughs) So anyway... um, you need eight ounces. I it's if you get it in the package. I think Johnsonville makes it in a package where you get six links of it. And uh, what I do sometimes is I just take like three links and cut it up, and then put the other three in the freezer. But that's about a that's a good amount. So about eight ounces of the andouille sausage sliced into fourth inch thick slices. So just little slices of it. And then you're going to need. Two and a half pounds of cooked chicken. This is where the leftovers come in. If you uh, were making chicken breast for dinner, like baked chicken breast or something like that, or grilling or whatever, 
You can save two and a half pounds of it if you want to. If not, you can get a rotisserie chicken, which is excellent for this particular project, and just take the meat off the bone, clean it, cut it up into chunks for this particular purpose. Works really nice. You can go either way on that. Or you can cook chicken specifically to put in here, which if you do, that's fine. Also, you can bake it or do it in a skillet, however you're comfortable doing it. I sometimes just, if I'm going to cook a lot of chicken breasts, sometimes I'll do like, I'll get a uh, maybe like four or five pounds of chicken breasts and season and bake them in the oven so that I can make them into things through the week. So I'll do something like that and I'll set aside, you know, the amount that I need for this particular recipe. And that's kind of a, you know, that's one thing I do to simplify my cooking week. So any way you want to do it, that's what you need. About two and a half pounds of cooked chicken. And you can cut this up however you like. It's better to keep it in big pieces, like about a one inch chunk because it will break up when you add it. So you're going to add your sausage and your chicken into the gumbo, and then you're going to let that heat up the temperature, which takes maybe, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes. Let it all simmer together, okay? So it's all step by step. You do each step, let it simmer. Do another step, let it simmer. And what you do with gumbo is it's served over hot cooked rice. So while your gumbo is simmering, you can make your rice. And you, I would say, make like two to three cups of rice for this amount of gumbo. And then the way to serve it is you put your gumbo in your bowl and you put a scoop of rice on the side of the bowl. If you have those big flat soup bowls, or you can put the rice in the bowl first and then put the gumbo over top of it, however you want to do it. But that's how you serve it. You can also have cornbread with this. It's really good. So there you go. There's your chicken gumbo. And it's a very, very good gumbo. It's not spicy, I should add, because really you're only putting a little bit of pepper in this. If you would like it to be spicy, you can add some Tony Chachars <laughs> Creole seasoning. Or What's the actual pronunciation of that name? Chachar. Tony Chachar. Tony Shisher? Well, you don't say it like that, but yeah, that's about <laughs> it. Um, or Zatarains or something like that. You can add some of that to it. The sausage itself is pretty spicy, but, you know, it's it's one of those things like gumbo does not have to be spicy, and a lot of times it isn't. It's just very flavorful from all the things you add to it. But if you want to spice it up, you always can. So it, that's that's your own option. That's to your taste. And this is a nice, warm, comforting meal, nice on a cold day. And it doesn't take very long to make. Like I said, if you know you're going to make it, you have your leftover chicken ready and prepped. And that's the probably the most time-consuming step of the whole thing. So, you know, you just throw it in there. You know, rotisserie chickens are like one of the handiest things ever. You can use them for so much, uh, so many different dishes because they're, you know, they're seasoned. I don't know, a very generic kind of way. You know, they, they don't have a particular flavor that's going to throw your recipe off. They're good. They're nice and juicy. So they're very handy to use for a recipe like this uh, and and pretty readily available, you know. So so there you go. There's your gumbo. I think I said this in a kind of an odd order. I usually give all the ingredients first, and I apologize for that. But this is like such a step-by-step -step recipe that I just kind of, I just kind of did it in a step-by-step -step fashion. So... I hope you give this a try, though, because this is actually, this is a really good gumbo. Very basic, 
very classic. It's very classic kind of a gumbo. Just a regular nothing fancy gumbo. And make sure to check us out online on Facebook and Instagram at Merrimack Bakehouse, on Twitter at Merrimack Podcast and Mobile Merrimack, and on our website, merrimackpodcast.com. You can also see us in person every Saturday in November at Standing Chimney, as well as October 24th at Standing Chimney for a pop-up pie day. Thanks a lot for listening if you did, and if you didn't, too bad for you.